Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. What up, P Dog? B Boy. Can you hear me? You good? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I went blank, so it really kind of threw me off. I got it. I got it. Hang on a second. Where is it? But this it's, show uh, is full of, uh, neutral. That uh, low calorie vodka drink. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Mine's just water. Here's just water. Okay. Mine could just be water, but it's not. Mm. Water tastes better. In a broken way, it's Epson sportsman like convo mason jars. Mason jars. Whoop, whoop. My sticker's still on, eh? By the way, I've I've washed it a couple times and it hasn't bubbled or anything. So high quality sticker from uh EMAD at Sign It Signs. That's right. Woo! Shout out to, to EMAD. That was uh yeah. Took a little uh couple of a tries. I was there working with them and uh, a couple things didn't cut out properly, but we finally got it fixed and those suckers stay on for, for good. All right, Worked what are we well. doing here? What are we doing? Let's go. Well, how about, uh, you know, how was your weekend? Weekend was good. Yeah. Uh, we got guests. We got the, uh, I think I told you that already. We were having a uh, friends, family of five friends yeah. that were uh, moving in. They were doing the uh, the move from Calgary, and they, uh, they came over and uh, moved in on Thursday. So ever since then... Um, it's been a bit of a madhouse overall. I mean, it's, it's been fun. The kids are exhausted every single day because, uh, you know, their kids play well with our kids and, uh, my kids have been more active in the last five days, just playing around the house than they have probably since COVID started. Um, you know, Jackson's had a, another kid to play mini sticks with instead of asking me to play with them. And, and Sabina <laughs> hasn't had to do it. And so she found somebody who likes Harry Potter as much as she does and all that other kind of stuff. So they, they, they match up well. Now there's one odd number. So their youngest doesn't really have a, a pair up. Um, but uh, he's handling his own, which is, is pretty good. Now, uh, again, from a, a name and a confusion standpoint, their son's name is Jackson, the same age vicinity as my Jackson. So now it's what do we call Jackson, Jackie, this and that. Anyway, so uh, at home, uh, my son goes by his middle name, Cecil, which is my grandfather's name, my mother's name, uh, father's name. And um, didn't want JC, didn't want any other nicknames. He wanted Cecil. So um, I like it. to use that a bit more. And yeah, actually, I kind of do because it just makes me, uh, you know, whatever, it makes me miss my grandfather and it makes me think of him. And yeah. uh, I think he'd be pretty uh, happy to see a kid like Jackson uh, bearing his name. Anyway, yada, yada. Cecil is in the house. And Cecil's uh, in the house and Jackson's in the house and Mike right. Shaver's in the house. I love it. Anyways, all that yeah. to say, uh, it was a beautiful weekend weather wise. We've weekend. been. We have been so lucky here in Ottawa. I mean, we're going to get a crash landing, I believe, on uh, Thursday or Friday. Actually, Friday. Anyway, the, the temperature should get back down to normal. But taking advantage of this, hey, it's mid-November and we're already we have summer-like temperatures today. I wore shorts and a t-shirt today, so pretty oh, great wonderful. stuff. Yeah. I, I had a birthday on the weekend, as you know, and it was pretty cool. Oh, <laughs> I didn't get out for the uh, the birthday drinks. 
it you was know on what? Saturday, even though your birthday was on Sunday, but I realized you were playing basketball down there anyway on Saturday, probably because it was beautiful, and that's yeah. why you were down there. Um, so I apologize for not being able to make no, it up man. for that. But. Super low-key, uh, you know, shot some hoops, and then on the Sunday, saw some family, and, uh, uh, you know, it was just a lovely day overall. Very low-key for my, a, a birthday celebration that, uh, you know, we're, it's usually somewhere out and about, but it's uh, the, the time we live in. You know, it and uh, I'm uh, I hope I'm cautiously optimistic about some of this vaccine stuff that, that they've been talking about today. I mean, we can't obviously nothing is imminent, but like it's good news. It's a positive. Uh, maybe we can get back to normal, i.e. back to work, i.e. back to sports, indoor sports in the winter. I think I'm looking forward to getting back to normal. So uh, are you good getting it? The, the vaccine comes out. Uh, and whatever, hold, it's, it's no pretty rushed, but. I'm gonna hold off, uh, like I okay. would, like I normally do with the flu shot. I hold off, just because uh, you know a different strain uh, has a different effect. I, I will honestly hold off. I'm not gonna lie and say yeah, I'll be the first in line because I won't. I also am not the most vulnerable, so I'd rather right. if there is a limited amount, I'd rather the most vulnerable get it. I don't mind wearing a mask for another extra month if it means people who are more susceptible to this thing uh, get it first. Um, but I would eventually get it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I it, the the science is there. So it's not like it's going to be, you know, uh, produced and a threat to the, to the, uh, you know, to the community. It's 90% effective. That doesn't mean that the 10% is going to kill you. You know what I mean? So right. uh, I'm not worried. I just, I don't like, truthfully, I don't think I'd get it right away. No. Okay. No. Yeah. And no, I, yeah, I would, I yeah. would wait on it anyway. Um, exactly. Wait for some more studies and stuff like that, ideally. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, that being said, doesn't mean I'll never get it. For sure, uh, big, big election on the weekend. Uh, it took a while. <laughs> it took a while. <laughs> it took a week. I've never seen an election uh, last a week, but uh, again, uh, it's the times we live in. Mail-in yep. votes, uh, making sure everybody gets in. They yep. never had, well, not they never had, but they haven't had a voter turnout to that degree as in a little while since I think the, I think it might have been the seventies or something since they've had that from a percentage standpoint. Yeah. So there's you know more votes, and again. With the the times we live in, there's different ways of of reaching everybody, but uh, it made it interesting. Hey, and we're getting the cue for from our our man backstage that we got to move on to the next segment. But I will say this: no matter who you voted for, uh, let's hope that moving forward we can have a little bit of peace. You know, there's you know there's some anim animosity between the blue and the red, and the like. You know, we're not going to accept the results and the. Whatever whatever party you vote for, let's just try to move forward peacefully and work together. And that's all I have to say on that. So, Agreed. Yeah. The only other headline or the other thing I'm going to mention is it happened tonight. And I messaged you. I messaged our buddy Mike in the background. Actually, almost everybody I knew at the time. My agent sent me this picture. And I got <laughs> super pumped about it. This was on the Montreal Alouettes <laughs> bookstore boutique site. It was a game-worn 2000 jersey from, uh, well, that bears my name. It's the game-worn jersey. And it didn't take more than about 20 minutes before my dad snagged it up and, and told me he already bought it. So it's off the off the market. This is actually a screenshot. You can't shoot screenshot. You can't go back online and see it. Uh, but uh, eh, whatever. It made my day. And uh, so I got this jersey coming. I don't know if I'll get it framed or something like that, whatever. But it's kind of nice. I didn't get a chance to take one of the helmets or anything like that. So I kind of regretted not getting something. And then this just happened to show up. And he said, hey, look what I saw on the on the boutique site. 
And uh, I only had to wait 20 years to get 40% off. Anyway, now, okay. that is cool. <laughs> it was kind of fun cool. to say the least. Yeah. All right. All right. We're moving Cue the on. music. Cue the music. All right. Here we go. All right, that that's the y'all gets me hyped up. It does. It, ah. and this weekend was no exception. SEC on CBS. It was the world's largest tailgate party. No longer called the tailgate party, formerly known as the tailgate party. Now it is a social distancing gathering of some sort in Jacksonville that includes two football teams. Something to that effect. But I'm going to start. Florida, Georgia. Florida was ranked number eight. In the country, Georgia number five. This is an SEC East Georgia. matchup. Basically figure out who's going to win the SEC East or who'll be on the, the, the direct line to win the SEC East and likely face Alabama in the SEC Championship. Georgia came out of the door, first play of the game, ran the ball, off tackle left, tripped tight ends of some sort, confused Florida. The guy took it 75 yards to the house. Not a great start. Uh, they scored again. I think it was a pick six um, to score the second touchdown. Anyway, Georgia was up 14 nothing in, I don't know, it was, I think, 10 plays, nine plays, maybe max. Um, 14 nothing. Kyle Trask, Heisman finalist candidate at this point. Uh, some might say he's the front runner. Uh, calmed everybody down. And then they rattled off, I think, 28 unanswered points. Um, oh, no, it wasn't a pick six for that one. The pick six was the 21 points. They got the pick six. It was a tip ball, whatever. Pick six, make it 21. But anyway, Florida ended up putting up 38 points in the first half. They ended up winning, I think, 44 to three. Well, I have it right here, 44 to 28. Um, and there's a, a lot of injuries in the game. It was very clean, but there's a lot of injuries in the game. Uh, Pitts, the big tight end hybrid receiver for Florida, who is a matchup nightmare, uh, was targeted across the middle in a collision that I haven't seen like that in a long time. Their safety got kicked out. He's one of the best players, too, on their team. He is his bell. He had no clue where he was with this uh, hit. Pitt was, uh, Pitts was the same thing. So I think he's out. I don't know how long for because they got a, a, a interesting stretch coming up. But Kyle Trask is the first quarterback in SEC history to throw for four touchdowns or more in five consecutive games. That's, That's you know, impressive. He had tied it before, and that was Dak Prescott that he had tied before and Johnny Manziel that he had tied. They both had four, which also, as college players were phenomenal. Also, his last name is Trask. Trask. I don't know if you remember the movie Scent of a Woman. The, the headmaster at the school, he was Mr. Trask. Mr. Trask. When Al Pacino... <laughs> There's a that, connection for you. You remember that Al Pacino, that that uh, that speech that he gave? You're out of order. I remember Who's you not order? giving that speech. All right, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> Mr. Trey. Right. Also, uh, the second touchdown, um, I have a note. It's the Marcus Rose, uh, Rose Me Jack Saint, who scored the second touchdown for Georgia. He's the receiver that went in. And as he went in, he broke his leg. And if they slow mowed it down about three times to check to see if he was in the end zone when he went down, and the slow-mo of his broken leg, I felt I so bad for the guy. I can't. Uh, I can't. It was brutal. But I he was can't. the one that scored the second one. Uh, crazy. Trask, 474 yards, four touchdowns on Georgia, which is um, you know, still 
considered one of the top defenses in the country. All right. The other game, the other main game was the Saturday night game where we ACC matchup that people actually gave two craps about Clemson at Notre Dame. So number one at number four, uh, this sucker went back and forth. Now keep in mind, Trevor Lawrence was not playing. It was DJ Uwangalele, which I hey. think I pronounced properly. Name of the uh, year, buddy. That is the name of the year. He was very good. Now, I don't know sure. what Trevor Lawrence is going to bring back for the when they play off in the uh, ACC championship game, which Notre Dame doesn't know, uh, usually have a championship game to play, and they sort of like bypass that, which I always thought was um, – I always thought it was bullshit. So you got to play in a championship game and earn your spot. So they beat Clemson. That's great. They beat them uh, in overtime. I don't even think I wrote the score down. It was like 47-40 or something like that. Yeah, 44. Um, it was a shootout. Ian Book, okay, I've never been – obviously, I'm not a big Notre Dame fan. Ian Book has never impressed me, um, but he looked pretty good in that Who second is he? half. He's the quarterback for Notre Dame. Thanks. Okay. Ian Book is the quarterback for Notre Dame. Um you know, he fumbled the ball at one point going into the end zone. There was a, uh, the tight end, the, the the freshman tight end for Notre Dame, who is his name is Michael Mayer, not Michael Myers, but Michael Mayer. And every time he catches the ball, they play the Friday the 13th team in the stadium. It's kind of funny. Anyway, uh, he, he dropped the ball. That was an easy touchdown. So Notre Dame should have been up a little bit higher, but ultimately went to overtime and Ian Book bringing them back to tie the game to put it to overtime was fairly impressive. I didn't think he had that in him. Um, and, uh, you know, Notre Dame ended up uh, winning it. There was some clock management issues by Clemson in the last two minutes where there really shouldn't have been as much time left on the clock for Notre Dame. But um, there was at the end, like their star running back goes out of bounds. Anyway, questionable um, calls there, but. Clemson will clean it up before next time. So I would be hard-pressed to see Notre Dame. I'd be very impressed to see Notre Dame if they beat Clemson twice. I will give Notre Dame as many props as I possibly can. I don't see it happening, but if they do beat them twice in a season, I will eat my words. What's uh, Was Book the quarterback last year when uh, with yep. Chase Claypool? Yep. Excellent. Yeah, but he wasn't. Uh, he's a lot better this year. Excellent. Uh, other than that, uh, there's a few of the games that uh, came to mind or that I watched. The USC-Arizona State game, uh, that was a 9 a.m. start Pacific time. 9 a.m. Who wants to play football at 9 a.m. who isn't an eight-year-old tyke in Ottawa? <laughs> right. So these guys are playing. No idea why, but they started at 9 o'clock in the morning. Arizona took off on them. They were up 24-14, um, and they have some ballers. I told you not to, to, to overlook them, but USC, I got to say, came back. They had two fourth – fourth down conversions that were touchdowns uh one was even tipped like just everything went their way they ended up winning 28 27 um but there's a, a running back rashad white for arizona state that if you watch him he's like a, a young camara like it's hard pressed to kind of see who he fits in but his running style is beautiful and their quarterback Jaden daniels is kind of he reminds me of a vince young style like that long lanky oh yeah know, can run like a deer so uh, keep an eye out for, for them over the next couple uh, little while. And then Keaton Slovis, who's the quarterback for USC, uh, ended up having a great game after a couple of uh, lucky catches, I guess, 381, two touchdowns. Anyway, they came back 28-27. Shout Indiana, out. shout out to who? Shout out to my brother-in-law, who is uh, one of the directors at USC for the athletic department. So he's had, yeah. to, uh, he's had his hands full with uh, you know, some of the stuff that's, that's gone on there. So good stuff. 
so you say, but we haven't been to a game yet. Anyway, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Indiana beat uh, beat Michigan 38-21. People are asking for Harbaugh to be fired, but it's 2020, and there's so many wonky things that you just don't do that this time. Sure. If it happens again next season, then I see hey, Indiana's not. having a good year. I've been kind of Indiana's following their – Indiana's having a very good year. They're ranked quite high. They're, it's a notorious basketball um, – that's a notorious basketball program at that school. I think mm-hmm. football kind of falls second when it comes to that. So, yeah, good on them. They're having a great year. I was just close to going to Indiana, and then they fired all their coaching staff. Indiana, really? Interesting. Yeah, they were kind of the the lead on that. But anyway, um, played very well. They beat Penn State. Now they beat a, a fairly uh, a weak Michigan team from what we're looking at. But Indiana is the one who's going to compete with, with Ohio State in the Big Ten East, and we'll see how that game turns out. Um, Michigan had lost to Michigan State the week before, and then Michigan State plays Iowa and gets destroyed 49 to 7. So, again, putting things in perspective, I don't think Michigan's anywhere near where they need to be. Um, Penn, Penn State, who was a preseason and beginning of the season, I think they were ranked top 10. There was a lot of expectations, a lot of hope uh, from Penn State. They fall to 0 and 3. So, again, we have a couple Ottawa kids on that team that are going to be playing for a lot of their own pride at this point. Uh, but they, they, again, they fall 0-3. They, they lose to Maryland, which is uh, the quarterback for Maryland, if you're not aware of that, is Tua. Uh, now, I can't Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa's brother, Tolia? Talia? Talia Tagovailoa. That's right. And, again, you know, he, he comes from a good pedigree. He's right. not far off what his brother is. He's electric. And uh, he Maryland beating a Penn State is something that doesn't usually happen. So uh, watch for Maryland to uh, at least be competitive in a lot of games. Uh, the other game I watched, the last one I'll touch, it has, nobody cares, is Liberty. They're 6-0. They're at, at Virginia Tech. Okay. The game is 35-35. Liberty, so Virginia Tech had just scored the last touchdown to tie it up. There was like 17 seconds left. Liberty gets a couple passes. They get into a spot where they can give their field goal kicker a 51-yard try. Line up, snap the ball, kick. It gets blocked. Virginia Tech picks it up, takes it to the house. But the Virginia Tech coach had called a timeout to ice the kicker. Oh, no, 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 So pull all that back. Liberty gets in the shot, kicks the field goal, wins the game. 38-35. And that's how that thing ended. Terrible. And, uh, yeah, I hate I, hate the ice to kicker. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Because I don't you, know if it even works. Nah, I mean, if especially when you call a timeout and the kicker still has a chance to boot one, of, uh, you know, as a sort of a practice kick, because they'll go through the motions anyway. You may as well just like let let the guy pull a Mike Vanderjet, you know, and miss it. Pits that 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 field goal. The guy didn't even think about it, and he missed. So I mean, it's just yeah. I I hate that. I hate that. Anyway. That's yeah. uh, that's Tough it loss. for uh, for the NCAA for now, and uh, you know we got a Facebook user saying NCAA football, yes, guy, roll tide. If I had to put money on it, I would say that was Christian Couture, but <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, in the S, uh, same kid, Christian Couture, Mac Jones, some love. The quarterback for Alabama is very good. He's very good, but this week they didn't play anybody who was worth noting so moving on actually i think the alabama lsu game that's coming up 
possibly this weekend. I think just got uh, postponed because of some other COVID tests. So lovely. Again, we're going to see how the rest of the college season plays out. One. Again, and what they decide to do in terms of expanding the playoffs and um, you know how many games make it uh, uh, qualify for finals. I think the Big Ten you need to play at least six games in order to be um, in the championship mm-hmm. game. So again. Yeah. We're going to see a lot of things uh, happen over the next little while from a college football standpoint, but that's what I got for this week. Hey, all right, listen, Brock. Uh, you know, a uh, college football isn't my expertise, so as you talk, I learn. So it works out perfectly. Out of all the sports, all the major sports, and even some of the independent sports, I'm I'm a big fan. I pretty knowledgeable about got players and strategies. College football is the one thing I I'm I'm a step behind, or two steps, in fact. So I appreciate the information. I appreciate the uh, – you, you give us the inside scoop on college football. So <laughs> thank you. I appreciate hey, it. We're going to have to get you out watching some of it. Forget yeah. Let's just listen to this one. you got to start watching and really That's embrace right. it. I will. All right. <clears throat> all right. The time, um, the time stamp. Time to roll. We're doing all right. We're good. Yeah, that's good. We're doing all right. I uh, Before we get into the NFL scores from the past week, because there was a couple of great games, uh, I, I want to just mention – uh, briefly, uh, some of the transactions that the Blue Jays have made might make um, some information on uh, on Vladimir Guerrero and you know the the, the uh, off season strategy that he's taking in terms of uh, weight loss and trying to better himself and he wants to move back to third. But I'll start with the uh, with the signing of Robbie Ray. Um, they picked him up last year at the trade deadline. I don't even know if you want to call it a trade deadline. There was only thirty games, but they had a sort of a makeshift trade deadline. They pick him up. He's a lefty. He played actually played quite well. Uh, he remember if you remember they pulled Matt Shoemaker in the playoff game early when he was when he was dealing, and they brought in Robbie Ray. Now that's a tough situation. You're, the starting pitcher is an ace. He's dealing, and then you bring in Robbie Ray. I think that was the game plan to begin with at the beginning of the game. Um, so he had to come in and actually, you know, it was a difficult situation for him. And he came in, and he pitched well. He gave up one run, um, so I thought he pitched quite well. I like the signing. It's a it's a year contract for eight million bucks. You're not breaking the bank with this guy. Uh, again, lefties are are a hot commodity in in the majors. So uh, I don't know. I just want your thoughts on on them signing Robbie Ray. You saw a little bit of him this year. A little bit, yeah. Not as much as I would have liked, to be honest. He but, grunts. Uh, he grunts like Monica Sellas when he pitches. <laughs> That's actually wild. If I go back into my uh, my little notebook there. Everybody's like, what are you writing notes for when you're watching sports? I'm like, because all the stuff I forget to say when I want to say it to Pat <laughs> when we're doing it. But he, that was in the notebook. I'm yeah. talking about exactly. I turned it on. And then at one point, I thought somebody changed the channel to a women's tennis match. But <laughs> and it's even more pronounced because there's no fans in the stands. Everything echoes. And it's just it's he's just willing it over the plate. But all, but it was effective, you know, and his pitching style is effective. I yeah. like the energy he brings. Yeah. Um, you know, I, again, anybody who can't see the TV or maybe has eyesight problems knows who's pitching because they yeah. just got to listen to that grunt. Well, that's it. And you know, like he's not the answer. Okay, they they've they've made it clear that there's there's money to be spent. They they they're gonna go out and they're gonna attempt to sign one of the big fish in the market. And we talked about this. The Jays are one of the one of the few teams that hasn't suffered from COVID in terms in the in terms of the uh, their financial situation. They're owned by Rogers Communication. Tons of money, so they've got money. And uh, you and I talked last week on the on the program. George Springer's name comes up. I am all in on this guy. He's a champion. He's won a World Series with the Astros. 
uh, hits for average, hits for power, uh, gold glove. I have no, I have no garbage can to slam or to. Drum hey, listen, we'll get him one. Whatever, we'll get him one. I got one in the back here. You got one coming to you, George Springer. Come on to Toronto. <laughs> uh, Jackie Bradley Jr.'s name's come up as a, a person of interest for the Jays. So the Jays are going to spend, but I think the Jays are looking to make a big splash. Uh, center field, uh, pitching for sure. Uh, starting pitching because their bullpen is quite good. And lastly, they got to figure out what they want to do at third. I don't think putting Vladdy Jr., I don't care how fit he comes back into camp, putting him back at third is a mistake. I just don't think he's quite, he's that good defensively. And I think he needs to focus on one thing at a time. Right now it's conditioning. Let's worry about getting him into, into major league shape for a much longer season. It's not going to be 60 games. So he's got to be able to handle that. And then we can worry about, you know, like I think first base might be the safest place to put, to put him right now. So that's going to be, you know, that's that's a real big deal right now. He's he had a good enough season to be excited about him again next season, but you got you need an answer at third. So is, is he it, ultimately a DH? That's what he is long term. Well, no, I mean he's lost thirty two pounds. So you know if he if that if he increases his speed and his flexibility, that comes with an improvement of flexibility. You know, fielding grounders, uh, chasing down pop flies in in foul territory. I mean, he struggled with that this year. He struggled. He dropped a couple of foul balls in foul territory. I mean, you just can't do that as a professional. So anyway, all that to say, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing Vladdy, the new Vladdy, come in with a new attitude and uh, you know, someone who's taking care of his body. It's important to take care of your body nutrition-wise. If someone's nat built naturally big, know, that's fine. I know. That's fine. I get it. Some if you're naturally big, that's cool. That's that's who who you are. You're used to your body. You're that's how you've learned to play your whole life. But Vladdy, by his own admission, has had a bad diet. He eats poorly. He's he said this, and he he knows it. And for him to come into the locker room and say, "Guys, I let you down. I I really dropped the ball this year in terms of my conditioning. Watch me." And he went out, he went out there and he lost thirty pounds. Good for him. You think he lost the weight so that the gun would fit better in his waistband? <laughs> oh, come on, come on. That is so. You know what? That that image really upset me. I mean, it's the Dominican Republic. Oh, hey, you know. You got. I'm, like, not, hey. I'm not saying anything about it. Yeah. I'm not. I'm saying, oh, look at this guy walking around like a thug. He was One walking of your on biggest stairs. baseball stars who yeah. lives in Dominican got shot multiple times. Yeah, you know, it's not an easy country to live in, especially if you're a guy who's loaded like like Vladdy is. So, right. unfortunately, that's the way of life over there. And yeah. you know, it's uh, yeah. If it was in the. Uh, the the sky dome and he's going down to eat at uh you know whatever a starbucks to get a coffee and he's got it hanging out of his pocket that's a different story but yeah. he's not so and he anyway. wasn't like he wasn't flashing it with a with a, a wad of cash like it was just go, him going down so anyway that's a, it was a total yeah. non-story for whatever media outlet to post it and try to start something you know shame on you like it's really come on but come it's got to be more comfortable now that he's lost the weight so anyway that's good Hoping the Jays get to play in Skydome next year. Personally, I although Buffalo was so, treated them well in terms of the the building and a lot of the players were used to playing there. They hit a ton of home runs. I do want to see them back in Skydome, and I do want to see some fans back in the building. I mean, I you know we we got to learn to live with this COVID stuff, and we're seeing fans enter every major stadium across uh, North America right now. I, the Raptors face the same issue. The Raptors right now, there's talk of them playing in New York, Newark, New Jersey at the Prudential Center, the old dump that uh, the Devils used to play in. You know, now that Nashville has come up as a, as a possible home for them to play their home games. I mean, they're the Toronto Raptors. I want to see them at the ACC. Uh, how do you feel about that? Does it matter if there's no fans? What's your thought? 
Well, I mean, I want to see things get back to normal. That's what I want to see. And that's, yeah. that's where the fans come into play. That's I want to, yeah. I want to take my kids to the ball game before they're too old to want to hang out with dad. I want to I go, you. you know, I haven't been to Raptors game yet. I wouldn't mind checking one of those out. Uh, you know, it, it just, there are things you want to do and you want to experience and, um, you know, but it's also a sign of getting back to sort of the way we're used to living and getting past this COVID thing as much as possible or coping with it as best as possible, yeah. managing it as best as possible. So, you know, those are clear indicators that we've reached that, that level. And that would, that would more excite me more than the actual game is to get back to that kind of stuff. You know, you, you, you know, you take things for granted and it's, no it's given us a, an opportunity or a chance to appreciate it when it comes back, hopefully. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to see them play in other stadiums, other uh, stuff, but like you said, Rogers, the, the ownership has made money. So they're not as desperate no. to get some sort of revenue back where a lot of other teams are. So I, I will say this, uh, you know, it's one of those situations right now with the Raptors that uh, the NBA just uh, agreed to a shortened 71 game season, which will start uh, December 22nd. All right. So there's the offseason, it has begun. Like normally, there's a little bit of time for teams to assess their own free agents, uh, check the market, all that good stuff. The Raptors now, well, every team really is basically, you know, they got to start putting their team together. I mean, it, the December 22nd is a month and a few days away. You kidding me? Yeah. So we've got the Raptors are picking. I, mean, I don't know where they pick. The draft is next week. So we're going to see some wheeling and dealing. There's no uh, sure shot guy in this year's draft. LaMelo Ball seems to be the name that keeps coming up. But Minnesota Timberwolves, I think, pick number one. I, I There's talk that they want to trade. I think Golden State picks number two. They would, I think there's talk of them wanting to trade out of that uh, out of that pick for uh, a ready-made player right now. I don't know what's going to happen. It's not a great draft this year in the NBA. Uh, the Raptors have some free agents of their own. Serge Ibaka, guys are going to want it. The Lakers have already expressed an interest in him, so they got to make some decisions on Van Vliet. And uh, anyway, we'll see what happens. The NBA is it's going to be boom boom. It's going to be there's going to be it's going to be hot and heavy in the next couple of weeks, Brock. So we're going to stay on top of that and uh, make sure we um, uh, inform our fans. <laughs> we got What's some corrections uh, oh, yeah. brought from the booth here. Yeah, so uh, I got corrected. Uh, the voter turnout is the most for the, the, the U.S. elections, the most since the 70s, actually more likely since 1968. Uh, Pierre, you've been corrected that Vladdy's lost 32 pounds, but the 32 uh, is 12 since the season end and 32 since summer camp. So not since okay. the end okay. of the season. And uh, the last correction that uh, our producer Mike has put out is that uh, I said it, my house is a bit of a madhouse with five kids. No way that's true. So <laughs> he's probably right. And that's he gave amazing. us the last uh, second to uh, that. That's that's all the time we have for the miscellaneous sports. So if we're getting into the NFL <laughs> stuff, it is time to go. Now, I don't have a video for the NFL. I'll have to figure that out. All right. But I'll, uh, I'll put that together before we go live next week. All uh, right. NFL. NFL. Let me first couple of topics. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers eight and zero. I'm not bringing them up because they're my favorite team. They are the best team in the NFL record wise. Um, from a, from a production standpoint, from a what a, you know the passing the eye test, uh, they they don't appear to be the best team in the NFL. They still there's still some issues 
uh, on the offensive end. I think their defense has kept them in every single game. Now they're dealing with COVID. Vance McDonald's tested positive for COVID. So because of that, they've had to put um, Jalen Samuels, he's their third down running back, and Ben Roethlisberger uh, on the uh, COVID COVID list. I don't. I'm not really even sure what that even is because they were in pro close proximity to Vance McDonald. They've had to be put on this COVID list and yeah, wait a couple so days and get retested. No IR. There's no. Uh, like no. You're not in that something. You're in a, a different protocol. It's. It's yeah. So you get he got they've been tested. Vance McDonald's the only one that's tested positive, but this virus you could test negative right away and then a couple of days later you can test positive. So they're going to keep him on the on keep those guys on the list. I'm hoping that uh, you know because they play the Bengals this week. They host the Bengals and Joe Burrow's uh, a good-looking rookie. Uh, they're going to yep. need all hands on deck and Mason Rudolph came in at the end of the first half against the Cowboys. Uh, ben had uh, just sort of tweaked the knee and he looked terrible. So uh, there's no chance in hell the Steelers can win any games with Mason Rudolph at the helm. Um, just zero offense. So they need their starting quarterback. They, he has to stay upright. So anyway, speaking of that game, I thought Dallas played well. Yeah, a shout out to the the Canadians in Dallas. I Gallimore was all over the place. And Gallimore were yeah. two guys that were uh, – Gallimore was bulldozing guys back. Yeah. Oh, like it was, I was rewinding plays to watch how far he was driving these guys, and that was Pouncey. Like yeah. Pouncey was one of them, and and he was just destroying them. Gallimore was not, wasn't just bulldozing guys; he was bulldozing two all pros. Like he was up against DeCastro and Pouncey all day. Mm -hmm. I, he he, you know what? It was a 24-19 score. He held his own, and the Steelers scored ten points in the last quarter to win the game. But they had they had nine points going into the into the fourth quarter. So I credit Dallas defense, uh, Dallas's defense. I credit Dallas altogether. I got to give them some credit. You know, people are like they had a four, fifth, sixth, seventh string quarterback wh wherever he was. Garrett, what would Gail Garrett? Uh, no idea what his name is even. Um, he played what Gilbert, Garrett Gilbert, Garrett Gilbert. He played well. I mean, he uh, up until the end of the game when he started to feel some pressure and he made a couple of bad throws in the end zone. I thought he. I thought they they played well. He, he's the best looking quarterback they've had since since uh, Dak Prescott got hurt. So. Yeah. You know, there's uh, you know, there's optimism there. They're only a game behind the Eagles in that terrible division. So, you know, I thought Dallas played really well. I think they just uh, there's just a lack of confidence because the talent is there. C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, and they've got a decent tight end in Schultz, Elliott. The Pollard kid runs the ball hard. Offensive yeah. line. I mean, I, they played pretty well. So, you know, it's too bad that Dak Prescott went down. But uh, anyway, uh, did you watch the game at all? Uh, yeah, I watched some of it. it There's a couple of the games at the same time. I think that uh, um, I found uh, Roethlisberger was a little bit off. To be honest, I felt like some of his balls. Like I was watching for Claypool and stuff, and he would, you know, again the balls weren't where they typically were. So yeah, um, I felt that also contributed to their lack of offense. I just felt like there wasn't there was something wrong with with Ben and yeah. his accuracy in that game. I thought so too. But other than that, I was watching more. Uh, from a defensive line standpoint, to see those guys get in, you know, watching Crawford jump over guys, uh, trying to get uh, field goal blocks and stuff like that. It was, yeah, it was interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I want to try to go through the uh, every game like kind of Chris Berman does on the uh, <laughs> in the uh, the middle of the Sunday night game. So um, yell at the producer. I just yeah. <laughs> you walk in front of three hours to do this. <laughs> God bless him. God bless him. You know what? Uh, a forty-year career on uh, the NFL on ESPN, and he's going to be remembered for that. Poor bastard. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh, let's uh, just let's just roll here. I mean, uh, Falcons beat the Broncos. You know what? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sleeping on the Falcons. Like they're that is a team. New that, coach. New coach, and they. You know, every game they were in, they they could be seven and one. Like they very easily. So, uh, big win uh, hosting Denver. I thought that was a good win. They twenty seven points given up. To, given up twenty seven to Denver though. A little concerning. Um, you feel free to cut me off if you want to intervene on any of these games. Buffalo Bills, uh, very impressive win against the Seattle Seahawks, forty-four to thirty-four. Yeah, and uh, Seattle's defense. You know, I talk about the addition of uh, um, Dunlop, uh, the kid from uh, Florida, yeah, in Cincinnati. Um, helps a bit, but man, their secondary is not where it used to be by any means, and they were giving up some major yards and some major big plays against Buffalo. So, I mean, as much as Russell Wilson is doing what he can to, you know, keep them in games and, and win tight ones. Yeah. If their defense doesn't help them out, there's no way they're going to be able to slow down a, a saints offense or a green Bay offense or shoot, even maybe like a Minnesota or something like if they can't stop anybody. Um, but I mean, shout out to the Buffalo bills Woof. and what they did because, not in a million years that I think they were ready to compete on the Seattle level. And I have been been giving Josh Allen no props all season, thinking that it's all sort of luck. But, you know, it never felt like he was like I was confident in him or whatever. And he threw for 415 yards. Yeah. Three yeah, touchdowns well. against Seattle. Like that's, hey, maybe game he plan. is where he's supposed to be. So, yeah, great job. I thought they had a good game plan going into that game too, because Seattle's obviously one of the top teams in the NFL. Um, just a couple of really, really odd throws. Russell Wilson threw an interception in the end zone while he was scrambling right. You never see him make that. It was a flutter ball too. Uh, you never see him make those types of throws. But anyway, Baltimore beat Indianapolis 24-10. Uh, good, good game up until the end. It was a very, actually, a very competitive game. Baltimore's tough. They're just gonna, they're going to be a handful. Uh, the Texans with another win, like uh, here, another situation with the coaching change. Uh, yeah. 20 to beat the Jaguars, Carolina. Oh, Carolina. Hey, they put up that a good fight. Me. I didn't think they were going to be quite there, but uh, Carolina's got some something about them where they they're ready to compete. Yeah, and that seems to be what they bring. Now, they got Christian McCaffrey back uh, this week as well. And you know, you add somebody like that into the mix, this guy is so dynamic and so yeah. dangerous in every aspect that he demands some attention. Uh, but the young receivers are stepping up. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater. You know, Bridgewater is, is leaving his mark as, as you know, everybody expected him to kind of take that next step and good on him. But that was a real good game. I, I'm not, I'm not going to spend a whole podcast on Teddy Bridgewater, but I did, here's my, here's my take on him. The Minnesota Vikings were a, a 17 or 12 yard field goal away from, making uh i believe it was either the nfc championship game or no it might have been the super bowl a few years back and blair walsh hooked uh shanked it that was teddy bridge seattle i think wasn't it yeah teddy bridgewater was the was the quarterback for minnesota and uh, yes he got hurt the year after but i really the jets had him in camp the jets had him back up for one year and they they just let him go how now how good would he look in new york a team that he can he can be himself and that wouldn't have to worry. He'd be he'd have been a great quarterback in New York. And they you know went and not saying what happened. What if Teddy Bridgewater? 
because he would not want to be stuck in New York right now. Carolina is a much better place for him. For sure, for sure. And you know what? Kudos to the New Orleans Saints for for letting him back up last year. Again, another year to get him get his leg healthy, and he's clearly starter material. So that's also, I think, probably one of the biggest benefits for Bridgewater's career was the backup in New Orleans because right? of who he was behind and because of uh, Breeze, Peyton, those kind of guys like that organization and that structure there that's been around for years, fourteen years. Was, very good for his probably his mental development if anything else so i you know whatever happened before he was good i think that this was exactly what he needed at the right time and now he's able to seize the opportunity moving forward the only other coaching quarterback combo that's been together longer was belichick and brady brady and uh ben and uh, tomlin are, are, are they're i think a year behind breeze and uh <clears throat> excuse me breeze and peyton but um I mean, just such invaluable when you're in a system that that they that's how they do it, and this is how we run things. And you know, uh, you know, be a Teddy Bridgewater strikes me as a sponge. I think he he picks up and retains a lot of stuff. So happy for him. They lost, but thirty three thirty one against the best team in the NFL. Right. I mean, that's yeah, pretty good. Uh, the Vikings, another team that I would not sleep on at all. It's they've t- it's taken them a couple games to get going. They got new personnel on offense. You know, they lost Stephon Diggs. That's a big loss. You know, Adam Thielen becomes the number one. Uh, their defense is—it's a big turnover in the front seven. They still got a, a good secondary, and Dalvin Cook has run for 200 yards two games in a row. He's run for 450 yards in two games. So, yeah, man, I have him in fantasy. Yeah, Guys, they're, get, they're, they're, they're getting oh, yeah. back to Vikings football, and that's a team again that I wouldn't want to play moving moving forward. They're three and five, but they could easily be five and three. Detroit Lions. Well, yeah, say, Justin Jefferson has been. Uh, yeah. You know, starting to pick it up too as a yep. deep threat to give Thielen and those guys some, you know what I mean? Like you can't just have a Thielen be your receiving guy. You need yep. to have somebody uh, work in conjunction. And he was a first round pick and he's uh, starting to come into his own there. Titans beat the Bears 24 17. Uh, I took the Bears on that one. Bears stink. They're on the road. They just stink on offense. Uh, it's too bad. They're five and four, but if they had any kind of offense, because that defense is really, really good. So it's a shame that the Bears have to struggle through another anemic offense no offensive line whatsoever i feel bad for them nick Foles is not mobile so their offensive line is just going to have them get him killed uh giants uh three-point win over washington they played very very well against tampa the week before they're starting to come around you said their offensive line played really played really well against tampa are mm-hmm. we seeing a change a little bit in new york it's taking them a while what do you think uh, i don't think it's at that stage yet um they're a much better run blocking offensive line than they are a pass blocking offensive line so if they can get the lead and keep to some game plan where they're they're running the ball a bit more short passes let jones run a bit then i think they're they're in there if they if they fall behind i think that the pass rush like a chase young and those kind of guys will expose some uh, deficiencies at the offensive line but that being said again i thought maybe washington would would sneak one out because you know, when you come off of a, a real big win or a real close game against a, a top team, sometimes there's a letdown game afterwards against a team yeah. that you should beat. Uh, so I thought maybe Washington would, but then, you know, in uh, true Washington fashion, I guess, another quarterback has suffers a gruesome injury where um, Kyle Allen goes down with a, a pretty gruesome ankle injury, I guess. Yeah. And now opens the door for Alex Smith to be the starter. So 300 yard uh, game. You know, let's uh, let's see what happens. It's it's 
I would not want to be a quarterback in Washington given no the history kidding. of these injuries. So I, you know, I'm excited to watch Alex Smith. I didn't get a chance to see this game, but I'm excited to see his next start and see how he does. And, sure. um, you know, hopefully uh, uh, him and that uh, mashed potato leg will hold Ooh. up and they can uh, maybe pull out a win. I don't know who they play next week, but anyway, yada, yada. It's that uh, NFC East that uh, oh. is, is wide open for anybody. It really is. So. It really is. The Raiders beat the Chargers. The Chargers are the new Atlanta Falcons, by the way. <laughs> Um, I mean, we, their coach after the game is quoted as saying, we've been kicked in the gut six times this year. I mean, they've had games in hand. And, uh, you know, again, it's a young team, uh, rookie quarterback, nicest uniforms in the NFL, brand new dome. There's a lot to be excited about if you're a Los Angeles Chargers fan. But, you know, um, this year they've let too many games slip away. I don't know if they can recover. We'll see. I mean, I, they're you might. They're six. They could technically be like a. Uh, a seven and one almost. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just, we, what they want to avoid is a situation like Atlanta where Dan Quinn was the, the head coach and the mentality, the culture just becomes, well, it doesn't matter how much we're up, we're going to lose this game. So you got to tread cautiously if you're the San, uh, San Diego, if you're the Los Angeles Chargers. Hey, um, you put it on record, you will not call them the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, so I, really, I, I don't want to. San Diego Chargers. There you go. Say classy. This we talked about the Saints. They destroyed Tampa Bay. I mean, I, I don't even know. Completely just just dismantled uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday night. Was that a Monday night game? The the Antonio Brown effect. It was Sunday night. Sunday night, right? The AB yeah. effect is in play. First game back, and Brady has a look on his face that he has no idea what's going on and what happened. And I think he's half the game. I watched his facial expressions, and I think he's just like. How am I going to let this guy back in my house? Like, how do I, <laughs> this is wrong. How do I kick him out and say, you know what? I'm going back to last week where we were on yeah. a roll. Yeah. There's only one piece of change since then. And you're it. Um, yeah. I, Hey, Wait. every expert picked Tampa to win that game. Yep. Um, you know, they thought that they were moving the right direction and that AB was going to be that one, another piece in the offense. It's just like, now it's just going to get unstoppable. And the Saints came out and stuffed them. Three points. Three yeah. points. Yeah. Brutal, but great for the Saints. And I, hey, hey. I'm, I like to see it. Bring it. Tampa Bay Show class, you know, their Twitter, their official Twitter page said, like, we got our butts kicked. You know, congratulations, respect. I can, I can appreciate that. We can have a whole show on Tampa Bay. And my thoughts on Tampa Bay are, you know, they've brought in a lot of, a lot of, you know, high marquee guys, but a lot of them are old. And if they're not old, they're injury prone. So I haven't even seen Fournette on the field. You don't see Shady McCoy. Gronkowski doesn't look like half the player he was. He really doesn't. He's he's a good blocker, but uh, you know he hasn't been he hasn't been the same guy that he's been in New England. Uh, Mike Evans is playing don't on one have, leg. Don't they have Cameron Brate and OJ Howard still? But we don't see them. I'm surprised we don't see. But that's not Arian. Arians is down the field. Arians yeah. is four wide receivers, you know, and uh, one tight end or three wide receivers, a tight end and a, and a running back. And it's just, that's his offense. He's, he's just, you live and die by it. Carson Palmer almost died by it. So like, it's, you know, I, I, it's just an odd fit. And I, sometimes you can have too many weapons and then you can overthink things. And it's just like, it's one of those situations where now you've got what Scotty Miller is the, really their best player on offense aside from Mike Evans. So 
Then you got this Mickens guy or Milkins, or I've never even heard of him. He's catching balls all of a sudden. So, you know, well, we said what was going to happen. It was either going to be what's going to what's going to hold out Arian's offensive philosophy or what Brady wants to do and what his strengths are. And now I think we're seeing that it seems to be Arians. And I, I just the body language I get from Brady, um, I guess even in a loss or a win, I feel like it's just he's it's uncomfortable. Not a good fit. It's not a good fit. He's uncomfortable. I, I, you and I talked about it in the preseason. It's an odd fit. It's the oddest fit at a, in the whole league. Actually, what he could have gone anywhere. That to me is the oddest fit. The the of all the coaching philosophies and styles. That one doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, we're seeing it. We're seeing some issues right now with it. I always um, picture him having a thought bubble yeah. on the sidelines that, <laughs> yeah. that has a picture. I wonder if Belichick is thinking about me as I'm thinking about him. <laughs> hey, speaking of Belichick, they uh, they came uh, back and won yesterday. Um, again, I'll ne- I'll never count a Belichick team out until they're mathematically eliminated. So good good on Cam. I, I'm a Cam Newton fan. I'm, I might yeah, be the minority. I'm just gonna say, I'm a nope. fan of that guy. What what does he what has he done to upset anybody? He plays hard. They run him to the ground. He's your starting quarterback, and they run him on option plays, and he's taking hits left and right. And then people complain that he's overthrown somebody. Well, I just took a 300-pound lineman to the chest, so let's give the guy a little bit of credit here. And he's got a cannon, and they have mm-hmm. no receivers. Their, o- their offense is like nothing. No, I, I'm like Donald Trump. It's nothing. It's terrible. It is brutal. Oh, this is- <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they're terrible. I mean, they really are terrible. They've got some decent running backs and a, and a good offensive line, but on the on the outside, they're they stink. They're it might be they're worse than New York. They're, the Jets. They're they're pretty bad. And the thing about Cam, like he actually cares. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's you see the emotion this season. Sure. Yeah. And he so wants to produce and to contribute and to kind of get back and show the naysayers and whatnot. And he's in a situation that it's a team that gave him a shot, which is weird. It's only one team had given it to him, but let's get what car alarms going off around here. Somebody stealing my truck, <laughs> but like, I want to see him succeed. I want to see Me him too. do well. I want to see him show the naysayers, you know, that he still has game and that he can play. And, and it's, it's, it's the emotion that he's showing on the field and off the field, even in those post-game interviews um, that make me like him. You know? yeah. And I cheer I, for him. I'm rooting for him. I got no problem with Cam Newton. I I was just – I had my fingers crossed that Pittsburgh would have signed him as their backup because you know Ben's going to miss a game or two or more potentially just because of his right. age and the style of play. Um, and then he could have maybe taken over in a year or two. Like He, he is a starting quarterback, though. I think he's a, a, he's a starting sure. caliber quarterback. Um the last, you know what I hate? The last yeah? thing I'll say. Yeah, three. Somebody asked him, so they had lost. I think it was when he had fumbled, and you could see it was tearing him up. You know what I mean? It wasn't like sure. he didn't care. And somebody asked him, like, do you think maybe you should not dress the way you dress until you play better or something like that? Anyway, I was just like, are this. you for real? Like, what's the point? This is who he is. He wants to dress that way. Let him be him. He's not, this isn't affecting his play on the field. This isn't, anyway, just, it was a stupid question from a stupid person at a stupid time Yeah. that is now making me talk about it, but I think it's stupid. You're not listening to our show, but if you do, I think it was a dumb question. Yeah. Don't be a jerk. Let the guy live his life. He's not doing anything wrong. And I wish you the best, Cam. Yeah, I agree with you there. The last game, which I thought was the game of the week, 
Uh, look, the New York game was uh, was good, close, but this game was was awesome. The Dolphins and Cardinals was an awesome game, Ooh. and I think we've seen a we're seeing a glimpse of the future with uh, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray and Tua Tagovailoa. They remind nice. me of if you combine them, they might remind me of Russell Wilson in one in one body. And it, if they come even half, if they get half as close to being as good as Russell Wilson, I think both of these franchises are, are in good shape moving forward. We're already seeing. I mean, the Cardinals have a winning record, if I'm not mistaken. They're going to be five and four now. Uh, you know, that's his, it's his second year in the league. So Is I mean, mighty mouths. He reminds me of Stoudemire. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yes, he does remind me of Damon Stoudemire for sure. Speaking of which, I got a book. Uh, anyway, that will, that's another. I got to remind me to lend you this book. A 25 years of Raptor history. It's awesome. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So I thought that was a very exciting game. Uh, to back and forth, and then you know they the Dolphins uh, eked it out with a field goal, 34 31. Uh, Dolphins, hey, Dolphins, five and five and three. They're rejuvenated. They're rejuvenated. And, and they, I would like to apologize for my initial comments when Miami made. Tua, the starter, after throwing two or three passes in a game, I said, you're nuts. You're going to ruin this kid because you're putting him in and he's not ready yet. Yeah. You're putting him in, he's got a bye week, and he goes right in against the Rams, which is Aaron Donald in your face. Like, it's a team that you're not supposed to beat. You should have yep. gotten your butt whooped. Yep. And I have been completely wrong in that yep. sense, as I am often enough in terms of betting and figuring out who's going to win these games, but I mean, Tua didn't do a lot against the Rams. You know, I think he threw for like 90-some yards. Like, it wasn't a lot. But there's obviously something there that sparked this team and said, you know what, maybe we have an opportunity now. And it may not be directly related to it, but it might have just been a feeling. Yeah. But they beat the Rams, which yeah. was surprisingly enough. And then to go against Arizona, I think I picked the Cardinals anyway because, again, I thought maybe you come off a high against the Rams, you know, even though Arizona's a good team, maybe – that magic is run, or maybe Arizona now doesn't take them lightly because they beat the Rams and something, whatever. And they still came out and won. And Tua was yep. a bit more of a, a larger uh, uh, component of that game and that offense for, for Miami. But, hey, I've been proven completely wrong, and the coaching staff saw something in Miami and, and Tua, and good on them. If you wow. step in, that, that's great. And we all have this love affair with Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's just a, he's one of the good guys in the right. NFL, and they were three and three. And you know, but Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick is you know what when his career's done, if you had to describe him in one word or a couple of words, it would be like three and three or five hundred. I mean, that's his career. Five hundred. He's come in. He's cleaned up messes. He's he's been on franchises that are in transition, and he's he's tried to sort of hold hold things together while the while the franchise tanks for a franchise quarterback. So like you got to give Fitzpatrick some credit, but he was not the future. They drafted this kid to play, and you know obviously they saw something in practice where they're like, oh okay, you know like uh, he's accurate. Um, they have some big targets on the on on the outside. Yeah. Uh, if he even if he misses them by a foot or two here and there, they're big boys. Devon, uh, I think it's Devonte Parker, big boy. So it was it was a good move. It was a good move. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's there's a couple of teams that could use him right now. <clears throat> Dallas. Dallas. Um, go and get him. Ryan Fitzpatrick's motto is, or his career can be summed up in nothing to lose. Every time he's <laughs> yeah. in, it's a yeah. situation where he's got nothing to lose. Let he's, it dude, go. He's the John Kitna of the of the modern NFL. Like it's just like nothing to lose. Go and gunsling it and do what you got to do. But. And anyway. for the record, I like the Dolphins' current uniforms. Don't go back <laughs> to that Miami uh, Dan Marino the, era crap. 
Put the helmet on the dolphin for crying no, out loud. They no. took the dolphin helmet off. And you might as well be. On. All I picture is Marino and Ace Ventura and him doing the dolphin sound and whatever. Like that's just anyway. Oh, stay listen, where they are. Like we um, we are winding down. We we wanted to get to uh, what we thought are the most impactful trades in sports history. A very interesting conversation. Very interesting list. We'll save that for another podcast. Um, I will say this though: if you want to have a chuckle. Go and check some of the NBA's uh, new city jerseys for their for the NBA team. Some of them are pretty hideous. Um, specifically, the 76ers? the 76ers one is is just the ugliest thing I've seen. It's stupid. But uh, the New York, New Jersey Nets in the early '90s they decided to go with a tie dye road jersey, and uh, as Derek Coleman was was on that team, Drazen Petrovic, Chris Morris. Uh, so they had some players. They went with a tie-dye team. I'm not sure if you remember that this uh, that style. It's, it was awful then, and it's it's awful now. But New Jersey, or a.k.a. Brooklyn, is now bringing it back uh, for their city jersey. They won't wear it very often. It's usually a three or four uh, times a year. Uh, pretty hideous. It, go, it comes with the parquet court, too. Just awful. Awful stuff. Um, so stick right. to what you know, guys. Keep it simple. Philadelphia, you could have had the best... Barclays era, they had some of the best uniforms in the NBA, and you're pulling this crap? Retro sells. People will spend top dollar on retro anything. Shoes, jerseys, you name it. They'll, they'll spend 150 bucks on anything hey, retro, man. My dad you're looking at it. 120 bucks on a retro jersey tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect way to end it, my man. Perfect. All right, oh, we're going out. Good. We'll see you guys next week. Remember, uh, download the Cap City Beats app on uh, iOS or Android. Uh, bookmark the CapCityBeats.ca website, which will be at the video. So there's a TV show link that it brings us to our show. But we're uh, one week away from starting live. It'll be the same exact time that we're doing tonight. So we uh, figured we'd give it a shot. But we'll see you guys next week. And we are going to go out to a song that I really enjoy. <laughs> From power, it's called Monster. I like it. Have a great week. They made a monster out of me. They put a shot in my bed. They gave me to the count of three. They set the house on my train. They made a demon out of me. Then they put a cross to my face. They put a circus out of me. Cause I got some blood on my hands. But they would see me when I'm coming. I'll be laughing while you're running. Oh, oh you will see me when I'm coming. I'll be the monster you be wanting.